I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. We have a special edition of Broad Street Hockey Radio for you tonight. That's right, Trade Deadline BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a great panel for you tonight. First, let me introduce our special guest, Joey Pierogies. How you guys doing? Um, Steve Mason deserves so much better than this that he's given him. That's pretty apparent today. Uh, I'm very upset about that. The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I, for one, am glad that Braden Shen is still on this team. <laughs> the man with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. Well, one good thing is that Chris Vandevelde wasn't extended today. That, that's a positive. We can all agree on that. And last but not least, my broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Chris Vandevelde will be extended within the week. <laughs> uh, Flyers made some moves today. They they did extend uh, they did extend Michael Neuvert. Uh, he got a substantial raise considering he sucks. That was fun. Uh, Pierre Edouard Belmar, also an average player at best, given a nice little chunk of change. Uh, and the big news of the day they finally shipped out Mark Streit after I think this was like three years of trade deadline speculation that he was out. And uh, got a fourth round pick, got a conditional seventh, and got a new face, Val Terry Filpola. Uh, interesting trade. Uh, Tampa Bay shipped out Mark Streit almost immediately, uh, sent him to the Penguins, so Streit's going to probably win a Stanley Cup, because why not? He's a former flyer, right? <laughs> That's what they do, from what I hear. And uh, I I don't hate it. Like, I... Right? It's not the worst thing in the world. I'm interested to see what Phil Pillow can do. It's hard to get worked up over one single move that's kind of irrelevant. I, I was dying for them to make a trade, and they made a trade. Right, it could work. I, I I think we'll probably go in a little bit more detail later, but they're a team that needs scoring. You would think that Philpola might be able to help that. Now, whether it was worth adding a guy who has a five million dollar cap hit and is forced to be protected in the expansion draft, that's the question. But he's a new face, and in for a season where everyone's kind of been pretty depressed for the past two months, it at least adds some interesting aspects to things. And joining us now to talk about that new face, the managing uh, was managing editor of Raw Charge from mm-hmm. SB Nation, Acharya Rizak. How how badly did we screw up your name? Was that close? Was that close at all? <laughs> you guys got it exactly, and I already told you guys what it rhymes with. <laughs> so I hope that <laughs> that was perfect. 
Anyway, so uh, I wanted to start off by apologizing for Steve Eiserman handing uh, straight over to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, we had no idea, obviously, that he would do such a thing, and uh, I can only speculate that he wants to create havoc in the Metro. <laughs> well, I guess that would be to his advantage. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, I- I'm not worried about it because the Flyers aren't winning the cup. So this isn't one of those things I'm get. Uh, i, I- going to get fired up about. But at Taria, I just, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about uh, Valtteri Filppula. Flyer land seems a little split on the move. What can you tell us about him? Well, uh, one thing first, you guys have to promise to at least make the postseason because he has never missed one. He has literally never missed a postseason in his entire career, and he's well, 32 years old. <laughs> so, um, first off, he, I expect at least a first round from you guys uh, because Silpola is on your lineup. I don't, um, I don't know if we can promise that. Sorry, buddy. I'm not in the promise business. <laughs> hey, if he's really good, maybe we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I mean, miracles sometimes happen. They have, in fact, but happened so, in the past. But, but wh- so, uh, Silpola has um, centered our every single line. Um, it really depends where you catch him. Uh, in the 2014-15 playoffs, round where the Lightning made the Stanley Cup final, he was actually centering Steven Stamkos' line. It was something like Stamkos, Zilpula, Killorn on the first slash second line. So uh, he's played at that level and he's been incredibly consistent. He's played um, third line center and also been consistent. So he's a true professional. Um, I have to say, he never... uh, he never lets down his line mate. That kind of consistency is, uh, I guess, what they're looking for. Uh, how would you, uh, how would you describe his game? Is is he a playmaker, a goal scorer, a two way player? W- what does he do best? Up, oh, do we, do we lose you? Okay, well. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, I appear to be breaking up. Um, I apologize. I'm currently driving from Jacksonville to Orlando. So uh, I'm going to let you guys catch me again. Okay. Oh, oh we lost him. Oh, we okay. Lost. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's unfortunate. Well, what we learned sounded not terrible. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it sounds actually like he's the kind of guy that Hackstall wants. He loves consistency. He likes guys that he can put anywhere. That's true. Even if they're not actually that good anywhere. Yeah. You don't need to be consistently good. Yeah, you, you just, just need to be, be consistent. consistent. Yeah. There are there are a number of things I'm looking forward to about Philpola. First of all, I just needed a change. I needed to not be watching the exact same team I've watched for the last two years. And I got that. Mark Streit is gone. A new guy, Valtteri Philpola, is here. Awesome. Also, I think he he's a nice... He'll be a nice compliment to Braden Shen. I think Shen has been an inconsistent guy at 5-on-5, and uh, he could be a secondary playmaker to get him uh, to produce a little more at that level. Yeah, I think uh, my guess uh, is that this is kind of what Acharya was going to get into uh, when we asked about We're calling what, her back. what type of play. Um, but from what I've been able to gather just by looking at the numbers, it seems like he's definitely more of a playmaker. Doesn't seem like he shoots the puck a lot, especially at five on five. 
So it seems like he's definitely going to play the role as a guy who gets the puck into the offensive zone and then tries to set up other players to take shots. Doesn't seem like he's a he's a trigger man. So for a guy like Brayden Shen, who he had, does have a good shot, that might be a good fit. Maybe. I the the Flyers are really weak at center. Like we were talking before the show, uh, Belmar played third line minutes this year. He's still averaging. Uh, he, uh, Acharya is back with us. Uh, I, got, I am so sorry. Uh, again, I have to blame Jacksonville for that one. I blame Florida for yeah, everything. We'll, we'll definitely blame Jacksonville. <laughs> totally fine with that. Uh, yeah, anyway, we just wanted to so ask. Acharya, you guys were what, discussing his numbers. We were. Uh, what kind of player? Uh, would you say he is? What are his strengths? What do you think he's going to bring to the lineup in terms of, uh, is he a great passer, a shooter, two-way player? <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to have to say he's a great passer. Um, if you look at his numbers this season, he's actually having kind of a career season. Um, he's got seven goals, which sounds kind of grim, but he's got 27 assists on the season. So you can tell just from that what kind of player he is. And he's played with everyone. Um, because Tampa has sucked so much this season, John Cooper has um, played line mixer. I, I think he's played with everybody, even like probably a defenseman who was, you know, made into a forward at some point uh, with Nikita Nesterov. So he's literally played with defensemen um, on his line. And he's still made, you know, that many assists. That's that's going to fit in pretty well with what we have going that's on. That's encouraging, considering yeah. I think we're going to move Gostas Bear to wings. Oh, so. <laughs> People have, have oh, said awesome. that. <laughs> no, if they do that, I'm rioting. Uh, just uh, one thing I wanted to know so, from someone who watches them every night, uh, what what is Tampa Bay's problem? Like, I came in thinking they were going to win the Stanley Cup. Why aren't they very good this year? Is it just Stamkos being injured? Well, actually, it's continuing a slight downward downward trend from the um, Stanley Cup final year. Uh, last season, Bishop held us in for like half a season. Um, finally, he, he gave out and was exhausted, and the team decided to go on two kind of historic runs. Uh, I think like 11 games and 13 games at one point, and they made their way to the Cup. Uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals again. But um, this season, Bishop was worn out. Um, Stemko's got injured. Everybody basically got injured. Uh, Callahan, who is one of our big uh, defensive forwards, um, had several operations on his hip and just never fully recovered his, um, his style of play. So just all of this snowballed and... Um, what ended up happening was um, a terrible team on the ice. <laughs> Just Bishop couldn't hold us in, and uh, nobody caught fire to carry us through. One question I did have, and this is um, mostly on the the roster and like cap management side. Uh, basically, based on this trade, Philpola was essentially a uh, a cast off. You know, if you break it down, he was basically given to the Flyers. Um, Pretty much for free. Yeah. So what yep. e- what exactly is the driving force behind that? Why is Tampa trying to essentially jettison what seems to be a, a fairly useful player? Uh, well, it's um, cap space. Mm. We um, Hedman is coming on the books 
soon. Uh, Stamkos obviously gets his raise. And um, we don't have the money to pay. I believe this season we didn't have the money to pay uh, any of the bonuses to the rookies. So that's Andre Vasilevsky, uh, Jonathan Drouin, Braden Point, a couple of the younger guys. They need their bonus money. Um, and it would have counted against us going into next year, um, next season. So uh, making this move now helps out a lot, especially if Stamkos comes back and starts to play, um, comes off long-term injured reserve, and uh, suddenly um, his cap hit comes into play. Stamkos skated today, right? Was that this week? He did. Uh, he skated today with the team. Um uh, this morning, actually, uh, his last time ever skating with Valtteri Sopla as a teammate. Yep, that's right. Well, Achari, uh, I'd like to really thank you for joining us, and we will do our best uh, to make sure that Sopla <laughs> keeps his playoff streak alive. Well, at least I do treat have a him nice. for you guys. Um, so, okay, so what happens to a team when they lose their number one goalie uh, one of their most beloved uh, defensive fourth-line grinders and uh, one of their better wingers, like, in the same week. How do you find your center again as a team and as a fan base? I normally just drink it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not – we, um, um, I mean, kind of band together as – a, a group of really miserable people. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of we we find comfort in each other's misery. As Philadelphia fans, yeah, we're miserable I think, a lot. Uh, in the first period tonight, I believe that um, Carolina outshot Tampa like eighteen to four, and that's Carolina. Yeah. And Eddie Lack is in net. So, um, please, uh, thoughts and prayers to Tampa. Yeah, our our <laughs> thoughts are are, are certainly with you guys. I have I have Kucherov and Juran on my fantasy team, so I'm I'm a big fan of those. Oh, two. bless your heart! At least they're back in the lineup now, yeah. um, and nobody's injured or out. You know, and definitely no mumps. So let's all knock on wood that our teams are not going to get the yeah, mumps. Knock on some wood. Let's hope it all stays in Pittsburgh where it belongs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you for having me. Have a safe drive. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. I feel great. Maybe it was just Achari's disposition. Maybe she seems fantastic. like a friendly person. Didn't uh, she seem great? Uh, I I hate the Belmar signing. I am indifferent to the Neuverse signing. I like the trade. I um I can see both sides of this one. So I think there's a there's the optimistic view, and then there's the pessimistic view on what Philpola is. The justification for the trade is basically that. The Flyers needed a third-line center. They'd essentially determined that Nick Cousins is not a third-line center, really isn't even a center at all. They're now playing him at wing. And I think we all agree that Braden Shen probably isn't a center. So you're basically left with Giroux, Couturier, Belmar, and then something. So they got something. That, I, that actually came up during the press conference with Hextall today, Braden Shen. Um, moving I, back to wing. Well, I, I believe it was Panach asked, have you given up on Braden Shen at center? Hextel said no. What's he going to say? Well, he said, he said, you know, the same thing that he's saying about everyone likes the versatility, likes yeah. being able to have options. I mean, and Philpola can play wing. He's played wing in the past, but I would assume they're they're trying to get him 
to be a center. That seems to be the, the point here. If, if you want the justification for the, for the trade, it's basically that the Flyers and Hextall probably looked at the situation and said, okay, we need to get a third-line center. How can we get one? And if you look at the market, the upcoming market in free agency, there's really only two guys on the market that fit the bill as third-line centers, and they are uh, Martin Hansel and Nick Benino. Now, Martin Hansel's probably going to get re-signed because Minnesota just gave up a crap ton for him earlier this week. So you assume he's probably off the market as long as he gets re-signed. So that leaves you with Nick Benino, who's okay. But there's also the possibility that maybe Pittsburgh resigns. And we don't have Hagelin or Kessel here. Yeah, exactly. So that's the only guy you maybe could have gotten to be a third-line center without giving up any assets aside from cap space. So if you didn't want to risk only having him as a possible option, and you also didn't want to actually give up assets to get a third-line center, like you could have traded for one, but then you have to give up picks, or maybe you have to give up prospects, or maybe you have to give up a roster player. This is a way to get a third-line center basically for free because they essentially got him for free. That's the justification for the trade is that they got a third-line center for free and it fills, it fills a role that they needed to fill. That, and that, that, that's round, the justification. And a fourth-round pick, of which they now have three. We all know how important fourth-round picks oh, are. Kurt is a big fourth-round yeah. pick. The thing with the fourth-round pick, though, is they could have gotten that anyway if they would have just traded him directly sure. to Pittsburgh. Yeah, but Tampa Bay, much worse than Pittsburgh, so it's a higher fourth-round pick, and now you have three of those Two in the third round. That's basically a second round pick right there. I think you're forgetting the most important thing here. We also got a seventh. <laughs> conditional seventh. Conditional, no. God well, knows what the conditions well, no, are. The conditions no, no, the, con- yeah, the conditions yeah, is the trade. If, if he got traded again. Uh, and so, so we, we have it. So we have two draft picks. So we got the pick. This, so, but, uh, the, but, oh, go ahead, Kelly. Is there no one on the Phantoms who can play third line center? Oh, there are. There are a lot of people on the Phantoms <laughs> well, that can play I mean, third line center. So, is so, there, though? It's basically Lawton, and we know how much you love him. I do not like Lawton, <laughs> but I mean, Taylor Lear, he's a wing, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. He's been out with a concussion for the last few weeks, hasn't he? It, well, that's concussion. right now, and this season is is whatever. Like, the, I, I don't need anybody playing third and center right now because we're not doing anything. So apparently, Hextall did note that he also liked the fact that Philpo only has one year left on his deal because he hinted that guys like Vorobioff, who it looks like is going to come over to, uh, to North America next year, mm-hmm. he's possible for two years down the road Rubstoff possible for two years down the road basically what Hexel was saying was that this is a um, he without saying it he kind of implied that Philip was something of a stopgap to give those guys a little bit more time so this that, was, that, that's another possible justification for the trip. this is a tweet I read from uh, at Flyers nerd that I really liked and it was <laughs> Philpola saves a, comp- a potential cap nightmare. They would Flyers are set are going to spend to the cap every single year. So here's the thing that I, I I disagree with. If they had not done anything with Mark Streit, that money would have been off the books at the end of the season. What they did by trading Mark Streit was bring in $5 million for next year. Yes, but they would have spent that $5 million somewhere. The Flyers are a on, cap team. Yeah, they on, will spend to the, the cap. the players that need extensions this year, which are, were not Michael Neuvert and Pierre aboard Belmar. I, I think they'll still have more than enough to sign back Gosses Bear and Blue Beam off if they want to. Who else is... I, I guess I'm... I'm trying to think anybody else they'd want to sign. Chris, Chris Vandevelde. Well, I mean, you know they're Lou- going to sign and they shouldn't. You but. know who Lou Bimov is? And I like him as a player. 
He's what we thought Belmar was three years ago. Yeah. I don't disagree that's all with he's that. That's going to be. I, I agree with throw that. him away. I no, I mean, care. he's fine. Like, if they, if they resign him, I'm cool with that. He's a restricted free agent. Young, I, don't, I don't think right? he's essential. The Flyers would have spent that $5 million regardless. I'd rather they do it for one year than for four. Which is fair. That I, is that, fair. That, that's a fair they point. They were going to go get a third-line center because this team can't perform as currently constituted. Yeah. They only have two centers who are effective in any way whatsoever. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't know. The, the, the question <laughs> Maybe for me, he'll suck, and then yeah. you just got to deal with it for one year, yeah, that, and then he's gone. That's my concern. I just don't know how good he is. Like, this is a guy who, at least relative to his teammates in Tampa, did not drive play. And while his scoring has been good this year, absolutely it's been good, I wonder how much of that is due to the fact that he spent a lot of time with Jonathan Drew in this year. Jonathan Jerome's uh, not having a great year. He's having a pretty good year, considering I think at five on five, he's having a pretty good year. Right. That's just not, that team is just like They're there's just, something off yeah, there's about something that. Off. I loved Tampa coming into this year. Yeah, a lot when of the, 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 the defense is bad. That that's yes, a, that's they, their thing. defense just so the, after, just after the Hed, opposite of defense. after Hedman and Strawman, it kind of falls off. A cliff. So you know who else plays center that has spent a significant amount of time with the Phantoms? Who's that? Boy Jordan, Gordon, Jordan Wheel. Mm. That's interesting. I, I, look, I'm on record as saying I don't think Jordan Wheel can play center in the NHL. I, I think he could potentially be an NHL winger. I don't think he's strong enough defensively or big enough or aware enough in his own zone to play center. I could be wrong, but that's my personal opinion. But on the third line? Uh, you still need to do all those things. I'd rather right. use his, for right now, maybe Jordan Wheel, Jordan Wheel will turn into, that's hard to say, <laughs> maybe he'll turn into a center at some point, but like the guy's about to be 25 years old. He is who he is at this point, and he's, he looks like he could be a nice NHL player. I like him on the wing right now. Yeah. I, I, I'm tired of moving guys around and yeah. screwing with it. I, I look at it like, like a pitcher who's constantly getting moved to, to the bullpen, then he's a starter, and just, this is your role, go do it, see how well it goes. Yeah, I, I and I, I'm cool with what they're doing right now. It's one of those trades where it could work out. This Now you've got your centers. You basically have your centers locked into place for next year. It's Drew, Couturier, Philpola, and Belmar, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> which we should get to. That's, and, yeah. So what then, time did there, we start? Four. Just out of curiosity. Does anyone 830. know? 8.30. 8.30. Uh, okay, cool. So we got, we got time. Yeah, but we got time. Yeah, it, it could, it could work out. And, and there are things about Philpola's game I like. Like, I'm a big proponent of of zone entries as a way to to evaluate players you know whether they're getting the puck in the offensive zone whether they're carrying it in football has always been a very very good controlled entry player like he's a guy who the bulk of his entries in the offensive zone come with possession of the puck the flyers really really could use a guy like that who not only can get the puck into the zone with possession but can also create off the rush I they've they've definitely struggled this year at creating quality chances off the rush. If Philpola can do that as a center with maybe Shen on the wing, maybe this works out. That's why I like him as a as a piece to put with Braden Shen because we're just trying to still after all this time figure out exactly what Braden Shen is. Now, okay, we're gonna give him secondary scoring role with a playmaking center. If you can't do this, uh, we really overspent for you. I disagree with that, but I, I don't know how to say I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Oh, there you go. Because you I mean, he's with always what part most of it. Um, okay. We're still trying to figure out what Braden Shen is. Okay. Um, I, I think we kind of know he, he's not a, a point per game player. I don't think anybody really expected him to be a point per game player, but he can find the net. And he is a guy that does really well right in front of the net, planting his big ass in front of the goalie and making plays. 
He's not a guy who's going to be a sniper. He's not a guy who you can rely on consistently for points, but we know who he is. He scores points. He scores goals. And sometimes. you need them to come at five on five with a guy who can get him set up in the def- in the offensive zone, not against some of the league's best defenders. I, I, so this could be setting him up for success. It could. It yeah. could. Hopefully. It, it, if yeah. this is yeah. his role, we will find out. It'll be interesting because as much as I focus on, you know, okay, well, he was negative relative to his teammates in terms of play driving. One, like I didn't expect Dale Weiss to drive play. Granted, I also didn't expect Dale Weiss to not score at all. But like sometimes when you change systems, you can get more out of a guy or you can get less out of a guy. So I, I'm going to keep an open mind with football. I definitely will. And maybe this works out and maybe he plays really well. And the Flyers even have a difficult decision on their hands at the end of next year, whether they're going to resign him. But I'm skeptical just because he's not a guy who seems by the numbers to be trending in the right direction. Oh, he's we'll definitely see. trending but, downward. But, but we'll see. We'll see I'm not goes. looking for the Valtteri Filppula who was played the, on yeah, the same the line Wings. as Steven Stamkos. Or the one with the Red Wings. Yeah, well, yes, sure. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm looking for a guy who can help secondary scoring because the Flyers have absolutely none. Yeah. Not a lot of primary scoring either, to be honest. <laughs> you know? But, you know. That's a fair point. Well, there's, mean, there's not a whole lot of scoring happening on this team at all. It's really hard to get worked up about the least bad thing that happened today. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that's that's a good point, because I want to get to these extensions now, and we'll start with, I guess the Neuvert one is the second least bad thing that happened today. I'd agree with that. Sure. Because they needed a goalie. You gotta and I have was one. I was listening to Ron Hextall speak on uh, Philly Sports Talk today, and... He basically said, I didn't want to go to July 1st looking for two goalies, which, I mean, whatever. But if that's your thought, all right, you have one. Maybe Stolars can step in. You're probably still going into July 1st looking for one, but you have one you can expose now, at least for the expansion draft. So that, all right. This was always kind of my solution because goalie was a problem. So I always said, Let's re-sign one of the guys they have for a year or two and have Stolarz be the backup next year. Like, that was always kind of my... That that was my solution. I never expected that it was going to be Neuvert that they kept. I always thought that it was going to be Steve Mason. And that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a very sizable raise for having the third worst season of his career. Yeah. I, I looked it. I looked it up because I wasn't sure. I, yeah, yeah. What, what drives what commercials me? are we hearing in our headphones? <laughs> are we? I you don't them. hear. You know, all right. Anyway, I have my volume have turned down. I, I, had to make sh- I had to make You're sure that my stuff. computer was on mute. Anyway, we're now sponsored by whatever we're hearing in the background. <laughs> awesome. No. What, I, I think what drives me up the wall with this one, and this is, it's more, it's less statistical and more just visceral. Like, it gets me really angry that a guy who is very possibly having the worst season of any NHL goalie this year just got extended and a raise. Because yep. I feel like... How can you pat Michael Neuvert on the head and be like, yeah, good job, buddy, when you've literally been the worst? No, that's if, like, <laughs> Steve Mason hasn't been great by any means this year. Nope. But if if Neuvert is a league average goaltender, this team is solidly in a playoff spot. And, like, I, I'm not in love with anyone on this team. No one's having a good year. <laughs> but, like, if Neuvert is just okay, this team is in a wild card spot. Not a question in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not even, like, Mason has not been good. Don't no, get me wrong. No, He's no. been bad. 
But Neuver has been worse. And and not only that, one would imagine when choosing between these two goaltenders, one would take their whole body of work into consideration and not just this shitty, shitty year. And yet, somehow we've decided that Neuver is the guy. Well, we 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 took well, the body of work. We took the body of work into into, into account for Neuvert apparently because I well. I would assume that we're not signing Neuvert assuming that he is an eighty eight percent save percentage. But goal. he plays we, like twenty games a season. True, he does definitely have injury issues, which is another potential issue. That's, yeah. He started like fifty games the last two years combined. Oh, yeah. damn! That seems bad. Seems bad. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> but I guess he's. You're looking at he's the backup slash. You're gonna. Is he though? Because that's the thing. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like two and a half mil a year. Like, yeah, it's not a ton of money, but it's definitely more than your average backup. It's the guy you go out and get who was a backup last year, who you think we can get a cheap starter. Like, that's the kind of money he got. So he's played last year. He played 32 games, and in 2011, 2012, he played 38 games. And oh wait, there's 48 in 20. 10, 2011, and those were bad seasons. So if we're super optimistic, let's say he can play 40. So that means you're you're going to play Anthony Stolarz 40 games next season. I mean, that just seems like a lot. If they even plan to use Stolarz. If they the, do, the so it's either that or we're getting another goalie listening, and we're paying our backup two and a half yeah. million a season. Listening yeah. to what I heard from Hextall today, I think the plan is Stolarz. Like, okay. If all of a sudden the market for Bishop is like, oh, we can get him way cheaper, uh, maybe we'll throw our hat in the ring on a goalie like that. But I get the feeling it's they're Stolars. really looking at uh, Stolars. And they, he did say during his press conference that they haven't not tried to sign Mason. Like they still may re-sign Mason. I mean, that's I I, 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 that that would take a miracle the, at this point. I yeah. didn't see the actual press conference. I just saw Hextall in an interview later, and they asked him about Mason, and he like said, "Yeah, there's a chance," but that's not what his no. eyes said. But no, like, is he kind of going to come out and straight up say, "Like, yeah, we're not yeah, bringing him I, back"? Like, yeah, right. Like, he's going to have to play at some point for the rest of the season. You can't right. tell him you're out there risking it for a team you're not going to be on. Yeah. See, my initial reaction to the Neuvert signing was just like, "How could they do this to Steve Mason?" You know what I mean? Like it is shitty. I mean, it is like really we all know shitty. the story. You know, he came here. You know, his career. You know, he was almost gone, right? And just to this is just not a right send off. I don't feel like you know, if especially if they're not bringing him back. You know what I mean? Like he drugged this team into the playoffs last year. He gave them yep. a chance in uh, the Ranger series a couple years ago. I can't believe they signed the extension with Neuvert and then didn't immediately trade Mason. I saw the Neuvert extension coming, but I was like, this is part one of two. Yeah, that's the thing. It seems like a a weird thing to do without the other piece. Yeah. Well, I I really think what it comes down to is... They couldn't get another goalie? No, it's not even that. It's the fact... And this this kind of speaks to the insanity of signing back Neuvert, is that they didn't want to trade Mason because they still think maybe we can go on a run. And they think, well, we need to keep Mason because maybe Neuvert isn't good enough to make it to get us to the playoffs. And it's like, okay, well, if Neuvert isn't good enough to get you to the playoffs, then right. why the fuck are you signing it? Is that really a maybe, though? It's more like a definite he's not going <laughs> to get <laughs> to the playoffs. I mean, like, statistically not. speaking. Like, that was, uh, uh, Sarah Baker today said, like, yeah, Mason could still come back, but he would have to take a huge cut. And I was thinking, like, okay, it makes sense because he hasn't been good this year. But it is so laughable. The logic that Neuvert, having one of the worst seasons of his career, gets a sizable raise 
And Mason would have to take a pay cut to stay. And like, granted, he already was making more, and you know, it just it, the numbers no. aren't going to work out. They're not going to both be back. I really just wanted to move on from both because I'm tired of both of them. Yeah, I, I, that was where I was. I, I legitimately, before the past two days, when there started to be rumblings that hey, they might actually sign back Noivre, you're like, really? Like, yeah, I guess so. Before that, I was totally on board with the okay, let's just get new guy, let's get a new guy, and I was already. Based off of our conversation on uh, on Monday, I was already looking at goalies like, okay, who who do I want them to go for that maybe they can lock up to like a two, three, four at most around like three to four mil average annual value guys like Scott Darling, guys like Anders Nilsson. Like I was on that train and then out of nowhere, it's like, oh, wait, no, we're going to resign Neuver. Now you have to recalibrate all your expectations for what the goalie situation is going to be next year. And I could the, the funny thing is I could see Neuver being good next year. I really could. His career CSA percentage is around nine ten. I could easily see him getting back there. Like this probably is just a bad year, and he probably will bounce back. But like he seems to be in every other year yeah, kind of guy. It, I just yeah, he's also just a backup. That's what he is. You, he's a good backup. Yeah, he's a fine. But they brought him in to be Steve Mason's backup. That was the idea. It, oh, Mason was really good. Whenever they signed him two, three years ago, Mason was really good. Emery was a borderline AHL player. So if we swap him out with a guy like Neuvert, who's a good backup. We will have a good team. And it didn't really work out that way because of the Steve Mason start and everything. And Neuvert ended up having to carry the team for a little bit of time. But I, I'm just done with it. I, re- I really wanted Ryan Miller Anthony Stolarz. That was my thing. I didn't hate Ryan Miller once you Yeah, as a one-year deal, it would have like, I, I wouldn't have hated it. No, I wouldn't have hated it either. But a couple two- of American guys hanging out, <laughs> drinking like, Budweiser. Two, two years doesn't kill me. For a goalie, knowing that we do have a handful coming up, we hope. It, it could work, and I do think that that was the Belmar signing, whatever, we'll get to it. But the both the Philpola trade and this trade, or and this, this extension, they are both setting up for the future types of moves. Mm-hmm. They're both essentially bridge moves. We're going to need end. someone here next year, and then the Before future kind of starts after that. Yeah, like, they, they, they do play as bridge moves which is interesting because I think a lot of people thought maybe next year was going to be the year where the Flyers started contending and now it looks like we might be kicking that can down the road another year. A little bit. In other news, Joel Embiid's out for the year. Uh, (laughs) Philadelphia is fun. So is Michael Roffel. I don't remember what I... Oh, that's what it was. George McPhee was uh, was the GM of... He's the GM of your Golden Knights now, Joe. But he was the GM of Washington when Neuvert was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so this was something I was actually talking to Steph about on our way over here. This would be like the absolute best case scenario of how this plays out would be if, and this would this would make every single move except for the Belmar signing, because like I always say except for the Belmar signing, because that's just insane. It's the dumbest stuff. But, but it would make the Philpola trade and the Neuvert extension make a lot more sense if this actually were to happen. Can't imagine you could actually project this to happen, but it would be awesome. If Vegas were to take Neuvert in the expansion draft, the Flyers are in really good shape because the, my big concern with the Philpola trade is that now you with Philpola, who has a no movement clause, this means you have to protect him. Now they have six spots basically locked up, which means they can only keep probably the, the, the two guys who I assume are going to get the last two spots are probably going to be Roffel and Cousins. Now you can only keep one of those guys. If Neuver gets taken, then the forwards are safe. You lose a goalie who was awful last year, and you basically keep everybody up front, all your young talent, which is good. That we still have a goalie problem. Well, you still have a goalie problem, right. but I didn't want Neuver in the first place. But 
Andrew McDonald has played 40 games this year. Wasn't that the whole point? <laughs> We're good. So We're you good. know he could be exposed. Why in the world would Vegas take Neuver? Hearing <laughs> because they have to get to the cap floor and, and because they, they have to take three goals. Well, and because they like him. Be- yeah. Because McPhee and was McPhee. the GM in Washington, okay. and, and I think there's coaches that were in Washington when Neuver was there that are coaching that are going to be coaches in Vegas. It could happen. Do I think it's likely? No. No. But if it happened, it would bail the Flyers out of all the potential issues that arise from the movie. And that's another that. thing that like I'm. I'm holding back like some of my like I'm just annoyed at the Neuvert trait and I'm really mad at the Belmar or at the Neuvert's extension, extension and I'm mad about the Belmar extension because he's bad but uh, like hearing Doug McLean talk for the last couple weeks about everything that went on with the Columbus expansion and all of the handshake backdoor agreements that was like alright we'll we'll sign this guy and figure all this out for you and then all, just all that kind of stuff I'm not going to have... There's no way to fully judge everything until the expansion draft is coming on because I have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. I can yell about what I think is going on, but I don't know, so I'm kind of reserving it a little. It's fair. The Belmar extension is just ASM. This is this is a weird time because of the expansion. If you don't know what kind of backdoor... At the same time, like all you, all we can do as, as fans and analysts is judge the moves as they happen yeah, yeah. And, and fairly you know evaluate them and... This move isn't one that I value especially highly. All right, let's get to it then. Here we go. 78. The Untouchable. Yay. Whoa. Why? Pierre-Edward Belmar is a really, really nice guy. Let's let's start out with that. Very nice guy. He's got a great story. Good great. He was like a 28 or 29-year-old rookie. Whatever. He's he's made an NHL career for himself. That's all well and good. He skates pretty fast. Yeah, he can do some things. He's a hockey player. Yeah. Does play a sport called hockey. (laughs) He's got that cool mouth guard. He knocked out Bobby Farnham. That was awesome. And all of these things have earned him a giant raise. And for some reason, the Philadelphia... Philadelphia Flyers think he's a good player. I wouldn't. What say, are these reasons? I wouldn't say he's a bad player. He he does his job. He's a fourth liner. What you know? is his job? So then? you know you know what I'm really sick of. I'm sorry. I'm jumping right in here. This whole idea of role players. Like I understand the concept of role players. The concept. What drives me batshit is when these role players are not expected to contribute to winning hockey games. Yes, and also. In my mind, a role player is like a guy you're playing league minimum to who just kind who of fell faces. into your lineup and has do- done things kind of okay, so you kind of stick with him because you've got nothing better. It's not a guy that you give an extension and a raise to. That's a, is My thing is, Belmar is what he is, fine. He's a fourth liner. Yeah. You're going to stick him down there if he's your 12th forward, whatever. Well, he can go up and down the lineup. Yeah, so. that's such a joke. <laughs> yeah. But no, if he's Sorry, your 12th forward... Sorry, you, Joe. <laughs> If Belmore's your 12th forward, fine. You pay him the 950k that you pay those guys. You don't they grow on trees. You can find them literally anywhere. You know who's a good role player? Brian Boyle. He makes teams better. You know, I hate Brian Boyle. He's a good Not anymore, player. Stephanie. No, I've I've always hated Brian Boyle. I would hate Brian Boyle forever. He's probably he's Probably top five favorite. You know who's a better role player? Ryan White. Oh wait, where did he go? Well, he's he's not that good. (laughs) He's better than Dale Weiss. I will take. I will. Hey, he's got what two goals in two games for Minnesota? Yeah, exactly. I just this Belmar. What? What? Two years, two point nine million. When 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 I first saw one point four five mil, I was like, oh okay, that's the total value. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. that's per year. That's per year. 
Can I, you hand fans a voucher for a couple of bucks at the at the door rather than spend that money on you him? You know, I don't hate the 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 money. I don't I don't hate the value of the contract, but I hate that it happened. And today, like we just had to do it. It was that, fucking pressing. Just like stick the knife in. It's just like you had nothing better it. to do today. No other calls you could make. You had to really, really extend some players Charlie, on this, deadline day. Was this you, the myth reality? Yes, stuff? I want to go. I want to go <laughs> through. Please do. I am, I am really, really looking this forward stuff to this. Is great. All right, do you want? I'll, I'll read the myths, and you can tell me that I'm Beautiful. wrong. Okay, I, let, let me let me set it up real quick. So, yeah. the myth. This this kind of I, I got inspired by this because Pierre Maguire went on ninety seven five last week and said that Pierre Edouard Belmar and Chris Vandeveld made up one of the best fourth lines in hockey. And first <laughs> off, that's insane. Well, actually, secondly, <laughs> it, they're it, an excellent fifth line. The, the more <laughs> great fifth line. The what, what I'm beginning to realize is that the the view of the hockey world at large of Pierre Edouard Belmar is dramatically different than not only what the view of Flyers fans have of Pierre Edouard Belmar, but it's also dramatically different than what the stats say about Pierre Edouard Belmar. Like, people in the game love this guy. And you know that because he was on Team Europe in the friggin' World Cup. He gets praised to hell by the Flyers. He gets praised to hell by other teams. He gets praised to hell by analysts. Like, there are myths of what Pierre Edouard Belmar is as a player. And then there's the reality of what he is by the numbers. And we're going to do it. Yes. Belmar can play up in a lineup. Well, I guess anybody can play up in a lineup. You can put anybody on the first line if you want to. It doesn't mean they're actually good at it. That's the key to the whole thing. So Belmar played what? He was like second line center for a couple games and tried to shut down McDavid when Couturier was out. So yeah, he can play up in the lineup in that he's done it. Doesn't mean he should have been doing it. And the best way to say why he shouldn't be playing up in the lineup is over the last three years, there have been 239 forwards in the NHL who have played over 2,000 minutes of 5-on-5. Belmar, in terms of points scored per 60 minutes of play at 5-on-5, ranks 239th. Hold on, hold on. Dead last. Dead last. There you go. Dead last. No one in the NHL over the past three years that plays a forward position has been a less efficient 5-on-5 scorer than Pierre-Edouard Belmar. When you're being outscored handily, by Chris Vandeveld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not that good. Like, you do not want the worst 5-on-5 scorer in the league playing up in the lineup, ever. I, it's questionable whether you want him in the lineup at all, but if he's in the lineup, you certainly don't want him on the third line because he can't score, and this team can't score, so why are we re-signing players that can't score it's when almost, the biggest problem is scoring? Yeah, it's almost like this team can't score because we continue to reward players who can't score yes, with more ice time. Yes, oh that is, it's God. like a weird thing that keeps happening. Belmar does all the little things right. So this is always fun because this is a very like subjective thing. Little things, it really depends on how yeah, you He want. is really handsome. Little things can mean a lot of things, but he the way... He made a video about making crepes. He did. They looked good. <laughs> so he the way I tend wife. to... Okay. Didn't he build a crib recently for a tiny infant child? I think he did. These yeah. are a lot of little things. Little things. Little things. <laughs> he does them right. But how does that translate to the ice? So well. here's... <laughs> when I hear little things... What I think of is, does the play move in the right direction? Like, Michael Roffel does the little things right. That's that, You would Sh- think little things are puck battles. Sean Couturier does the, the little things right. Like, do we bitch about the fact that they don't score enough? Yes. But do we agree that the puck is in the offensive zone more when they're on the ice than in the defensive zone? Yes, we generally do because they do the little things right. Does Pierre-Edouard Belmar do the little things right? Well, if we're looking at territorial play, he really doesn't. 
Because out of those 239 forwards that have spent over 2,000 minutes on the ice at 5-on-5 for the past three years, Belmore's a little bit better at play driving. A little bit. He ranks 222nd. So better than what? 16 players? Hey, take that. In Corsi 4 relative teammate. (laughs) In terms of like driving play relative to your team. I need to know who those guys are. Vanderbilt might be one of them. He's probably one of them. I bet you a couple of them wear orange and black. Oh, for sure. So he's not the worst. But he's certainly one of the worst. And you would think that if he's he legitimately if he legitimately did all the little things right, it would show up somewhere. But but it, he'd be two hundredth. You'd think he'd be two hundredth. Middle of the pack would be nice. Yeah. But guys, I have it. Belmar is an elite penalty killer. This is the key. Because every time I was complaining about Belmar today, I was getting people on Twitter responding with, why are you complaining? He's a fourth liner, a penalty killer. That's all he does. He's a great penalty killer. That's why we got him. And that's why I think a lot of these analysts on TV love him. Because they see Belmar dive on the ice to block a shot on the penalty kill. You know, have this high effort clear. And it's like, man, this guy is awesome. Mike Richards was a great penalty killer. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> Belmar yeah. is not. Do the Flyers have a single elite penalty I mean, killer? Couturier is, is a good penalty killer. We don't and, have and, an elite and, and, penalty killer. Simmons has been very good this year. Of course, that duo is the second penalty well, kill duo naturally. because we have to have Belmar and Vanderbilt. Now, look, I'm not saying that Belmar is a bad penalty killer. He's not a bad penalty killer. He's okay. He's about average. Prashant Iyer, who, uh, who writes for Winging It in Motown, he came up with this great way to essentially uh, control for usage on the penalty kill. Basically, what he determined was that guys who... Most of their penalty kill shifts start in the, that start in the defensive zone tend to allow more shot attempts when they're on the ice, and it's not fair to blame them because they never start out on the fly. Because if you start out on the fly, then you're going to have the opportunity to stop teams from getting the puck into the zone in the first place, which makes it easier to suppress shots. Whereas if all of your shifts are starting in the defensive zone, they're already in the zone. All they need to do is win the faceoff. They take shots. You look bad. Belmar takes a lot of his shifts in the defensive zone, so you got to control for that. If you control for that. The Flyers should allow about 93 shot attempts per 60 at four on five with Belmar on the ice. The Flyers do allow about 96 over the past three years. It's not awful. It's about what you'd expect, maybe a little bit more. It's fine. It's okay. I'm cool with him being on the penalty kill. But let's not act like he's this amazing penalty killer. That's, he's like decent in the at press, best. In the press release they put out on their website today, the Flyers, they had that he leads the team in uh, shorthanded time on ice. Who cares? Since, that doesn't since, mean it's smart to give it to him. Since 2014-15. So, having a connection to the internet, I went to <laughs> NHL.com, as Steve Ott once told me to do, and I, put, I, I checked out their rank of the last three years on the penalty kill. They're 24th in the last three years. They're 14th this year, so like you said, average, and it was like 18th for most of the year. They're up. They're on a nice little hot streak right now. They'll probably finish around 16th, but they are bad on the penalty kill, and they've been bad since he got here. And he's the key. Him and Vanderbilt are, like, are the guys on the penalty kill. Like, Why are we acting like... He- he it's the be- reason they can't come out of the lineup because you can't screw with their penalty. But the kill. penalty kill isn't. It would be a different story. It would be a totally different story if the Flyers always ranked in the top five in the penalty yeah, kill. Yeah. Like you know what? I still might disagree with the signing because I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe Katuri and Simmons could do the same thing because they're talented and they can actually create something on their side. But at least they're like, okay, at least they're good on the penalty kill. These guys are not especially awesome on the penalty kill. They're just guys. They're just guys. They have skates. Yeah, That's, they're warm bodies. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like. We can argue all day long who's good on the penalty kill. Our penalty kill isn't that good. It's middle no, of the road. No, it's not. We're, we're what, ranked 14th? 
Yeah, and this yeah, is the so, best it's been in three years. Right. So, okay, great. They're really, really good on a mediocre penalty kill. Yeah. Hooray. That means in the grand scheme of things, they're probably really mediocre penalty killers. Exactly. So, uh, Boom. What, there are some guys who didn't get... I want to get to the voicemails in just one second, Steph. I'm, okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. But uh, there are just a couple guys who weren't moved today who maybe we were expecting to be. We kind of got to Mason. They just, they're, they're not going to do it because they think they can still make the playoffs. A guy like Delzato, who... Was as hot as like people were talking about him. People didn't want Delzato because he's going to hit free agency and no one is going to have interest in him. You're going to be able to get more value for Michael Delzato in free agency. I also think that once they traded Strite, they probably stopped shopping Delzato because, again, this all goes back to Hextall still thinking this team has a shot at making the playoffs. And it's a lot, you have a lot better chance to continue on that run if you're replacing Mark Strite with Michael Delzato every night than if you're replacing Mark Strite with Nick Schultz every night. That, that, to me, is why I think they kept Delzato, because they still think they can make the playoffs, and they know Nick Schultz can't play. I thought Nick Schultz was... I thought he was going to be the only guy traded today, honestly. <laughs> because, uh, like, GMs just fall in love with those guys. Oh, he's blocked shots. He's going to bring some sandpaper to our penalty kill. Like, GMs just fall... In, like, look at look at everything Montreal did today. I know. What All the Montreal fuck did today doing? was bring in guys who, who like, could have played for the Phantoms in 98. <laughs> like, yeah. You know we're gonna do punch people in the face because that's how you win in the playoffs they single-handedly built like the worst fourth line in hockey these past <laughs> yeah. couple days who they got they got like steve ott and like white king, yeah, king. that yeah. that was i kind of was like maybe we'll end up trading belmar it's like steve yeah. ott got the joint the joint king bit. one cracked me up because like la is still what in king? a playoff race and they were like <laughs> no nah, we don't need this guy <laughs> now la just <laughs> traded he? for jerome mcginla and ben bishop and they're like here take this take guy King. it's See, like montreal please. is like we're headed into the playoffs with a little too much skill we <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. take it down, it down a, a little. Down yeah. A Did they? Uh, maybe they traded guys who don't speak French. Maybe that's mm. what it was. Mm. It's important. That's their thing. I was. It's just. It blows my mind that they like say like the bet like the Bill Belichick of the NHL was available and they'd be like, yeah, he doesn't speak French, so <laughs> can't hire him. Like I, just, I love the Canadians. They're I didn't hilarious. think that the Flyers were going to make any trades today, and they proved me wrong. I didn't think that anybody would take Mark Streit, and they proved me wrong. Twice, well, you which were, Charlie has pointed yeah. out. Twice, <laughs> you you and I have been doing shows together for like two trade deadlines, in which we we're like, Mark Streit's getting traded, and you're like, it's No, been, he's not. Like, it's, so it's been it finally at least happened. Three years, yeah. everyone's like, Oh, Mark Streit at the at the deadline, Mark Streit, and then it's Mark Streit at the draft. No, all right, but okay, this year, so, this year uh, fine. And so, they kept four point seven percent salary. I loved it. I, it basically covered the difference between uh, Philpola. And Strite, I guess, is that four. And I think Tampa Bay retained fifty percent when they sent him off to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh yeah. yeah, Pittsburgh's only covering like forty five percent of the salary for. No, I mean, for, he's going to be there. You know, for Tampa, this was an amazing deal. I mean, they basically traded away. I mean, they traded with Philpola, obviously, but they gave up a seventh round. They pick. had to. They gave up a seventh round pick to get rid of Philpola, which is a great deal for them because they knew they had to get rid of him, and they yeah. basically gave him up for nothing. Well, Philpola was causing issues for them because of his NMC and the expansion draft, yeah. and because of his five mil, and they've got all those uh, guys who need raises. Yeah, I think they got to sign Drew in, yeah. which they're going to do. All right, so we have some voicemails from our awesome listeners who were. Uh, a little fired up today, uh, you know. Deadline day, everyone's, everyone's, uh, everyone's just feeling it. So we want to play some, we want to play some voicemails from our listeners, and we'll just react to them. Go ahead, Steph. This was absolutely ridiculous. It seems each move Hextall made was worse than the next. I cannot believe this Philpola deal. 
they have absolute issues with Claude Giroux right now with his production declining, and now they want to add another third liner. This is unbelievable. One of the reasons Giroux was so productive in 2011-2012 season was because he had Danny Breyer as a second-line center. He was a legit threat. They need a legit threat on the second line as a centerman, and they don't have it. Couturier is not that guy. This is just going to get worse. I think it's time to have Bill go down to this, go down to the center and give Hextall a stunner. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bro, you're out of your mind. If you, think- <laughs> <laughs> if you think I'm fighting Ron Hextall, you are out of your mind. I would fight a gorilla before I fought Ron Hextall. I think that it, it is. I mean, that sigh I felt in my soul <laughs> because I, that's that's how I feel about the team, and I don't think that Couturier is a second line center. I did for a while um, but I've also said I'm not going to judge players by their production this year because I think this year just sucks for everyone. I think that it's it's a black hole of suck and bad. Listen, I don't... For everyone, including Claude Giroux who yes is declining but I think that this year is going to be an outlier. I don't love the trade today but I honestly believe they made themselves better. For the last, for the last, I I, I agree. Or whatever game I do agree that, that this was this was not a selling trade. This was no, a we're no. going to be better because even though I'm higher on Strite than pretty much every single person in the fan base, like I don't think the drop off from Strite to Delzato is dramatic, and I think the improvement that they got from adding a top nine forward is. It's not. It's not insubstantial. Which is a problem, though. Would you have said that last year that the drop off from Strike to Delzato isn't that drastic? Well, no, because Delzato was better than because Strait he last was confident year. last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> there was no drop off at all. Delzato was the better player. Yep. So the Flyers are going to have basically the exact same roster this year. Mm, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm. Pretty much. They'll. I mean, yeah. Quick question that I wanted to pose to you guys. We're running short on time before we play the next voicemail. Uh, how many rookies do you think make the team next year? Because that's all I'm worried about. At I'm least looking, two. I think three. Three? I, I think you have two defensemen and Limblom. And, and that's just because I'm really high Is on Limblom. Is Limblom going to make it? I do. Like, I'm really hoping he does. I'm just like... Where? I think he'll end up on the top nine as a winger. And who are we getting rid of? I don't know. They're probably... Well, I mean, they're, they're probably going to lose one forward to the expansion draft. Whether that's Raffle or Cousins or Lawton or Reed, I don't know, but it's one of them. Mm-hmm. And then they'll probably push whoever's left down to the fourth line and bring up Limblom. Or maybe Limblom doesn't make the team out of the camp, but he makes it soon afterwards, after some time in the NHL. I'm just really high on Limblom. I think he's I, I think too. he's gonna he's gonna be an impact guy um in camp. He's gonna, you know, raise a you know, turn a lot of heads and I think he's gonna earn his way on the team. But as for the Divas, I think Hag and Moran probably both make it. And maybe Sandheim. Mm. Like okay. I, I just because there's there's going to be spots available like Strait's gone, Delzato's gone, Schultz is gone, like, and they just spent five million dollars of their cap space on Philpola, so it's not like they can go out there and sign another big defenseman. So it okay, well I guess the spots are for the kids. Hey guys, this is Peter. So I generally think I'm one of the more positive Flyers fans, but I am straight dead inside. Same. Maybe <laughs> Philpola will turn out to be serviceable and maybe the expansion draft will go okay but on the whole i just don't know what to believe in anymore if you need me i'll be burning the belmar jersey i got last year thinking it was just a crazy kooky idea good talk guys i mean man come on you got a belmar jersey belmar's likable yeah at at this point like he signed the contract we might as well root for him he's like 
likable. I really like Belmar. I, I just like him <laughs> not I've never on once my changed my opinion about everything, anything. I'm not going to start now. That's a falsehood. <laughs> William. What the fuck are you doing, Ron Hextall? Also a thing that I would like to know. <laughs> Same. That's I feel awesome. like we kind of have to like like table that into our next show so we yes. can have like a proper discussion about it because I really think we have to have a talk about what exactly the fuck Ron Hextall is doing. I no, agree completely. I, I actually think, you know how like professional radio shows have like sound bites? Yeah. I think that should be like the intro whenever like Hextall makes a, you know, a move that we disagree with. I'm happy Just to do that. click that in and then use that as the intro to the segment. Perfect. Just wire it up to a big button, stick it right on the desk. Yeah, I think that that's perfect. This is Dan from Dover, Delaware, and uh, I just want to know what they're doing with Belmar and why they would sign Neuverth. None of it makes sense, but I'm really interested in if the Flyers are sellers, why did they pick up a contract of $5 million for next year when Strite was going to be off the books? Thanks, guys. And that was my point. Like, Strite was going to be off the books. Like, we were not going to have that money. Yeah, I mean, Charlie made a good point. If they are just kind of saying we need a buffer between now and the kids, then this is that buffer. And if that's all it is, okay, fine. If they re-sign him for some ridiculous amount of money after a kind of a mediocre performance, then I think we can be outraged, but... I mean, it's just whatever. They have two effective centers. That's the way I look at it. Now yeah. they have three. Mm. Hopefully. And, and they were never Hopefully. sellers. Like, we can all agree yeah. they were never sellers. This, this wasn't was not a, selling. The Flyers aren't going to sell. It's not what they do. And they're going to spend to the cap every single year because they're owned by Comcast. They have that money. Which is it's yeah. an Ed Snyder directive. I mean, when you Why think, would we save money when we don't have to? When you think about it, it's kind of, they were kind of buyers this year. <laughs> Kind Which is like no, they kind of were. They were at the very least was a lateral <laughs> move. They're, they're literally own. the last thing we thought was going to happen was them <laughs> being buyers at the deadline. They did their pick up a fourth round pick, so they picked up one pick in this whole thing that has some Which kind gives of them value. Three. And the seventh. That's Thank the you, seventh. Seth. Thank you. I got you. Find us not even going to get into whether or not Peb and Neuwirth were worth the money. They're not. Just kind of upset about the timing. Uh, they really could have waited the all season to do either of those deals. And I'm just kind of bummed they didn't just trade straight straight up to Pittsburgh for the fourth round pick. Instead, they take on a five million dollar contract with Philpola, who's a declining player, and uh, ways to protection slot. Just all around head scratching moves. Thanks. It's hard to argue with any of that guy. Yeah, yeah, that that is a fair and rational. What's the word yeah. I'm even looking for? Point. Like, point. Yeah, it's yeah. a very rational point. Yeah, because the, that's it's, the thing that sprung to mind to me today. I'm like, okay, on this day, this one day. You're extending players? Yep. Like, this is the one day you could focus on everything else and then sign them tomorrow. Which is what brings me to, I I can't fully judge it, because I hate the two signings, but I can't fully judge it until post-expansion draft. Did you uh, guys have any deja vu at all with the Belmar signing today? <laughs> if you remember, it was, what, two years ago? Trade deadline, same thing happened. Belmar signed a two-year extension. I didn't remember that it was. I forgot too. I didn't, I didn't think so. I thought he signed. Oh, no, I, I thought sure. he signed his extension in the off season, like right before free agency. Pretty sure that was on the trade deadline two years. Well, ago. I know last year Raffle got signed. Yes. like the day before I, because I they just, were considering trading him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this one of those things like the Oscars mishap that proves that we're living in a computer simulation of real life? I didn't watch the Oscars, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I read a lot that, of things on the internet. It might have been fake. I have no idea. What it was I'm a glitch about. in the Matrix. I think everything on television is fake. Sometimes sports are real. 
Sometimes. Every, this no. explains why you like wrestling so much. <laughs> everything's everything's <laughs> at work. Everything's, at least wrestling doesn't lie to you. It all comes full circle. All right, couple more. Hi guys, really know that I'm wanting to let you know that I really liked your show. I heard pretty much all these moves, moves text all made today, except for the Belmar sign. I think he's a really overrated fourth liner, but I don't mind the straight trade. I'm actually really happy that they kept Nick Schultz. I know a lot of people were hoping they would trade him for a mid-round draft pick, but he was actually my um, neighbor for a year right across the street. He's a really nice guy, so I'm happy with that he stayed with the Flyers. Nice guy. So nice guy. I'm glad we kept it so that guy can have barbecues at Nick Schultz's house. I, I hope that he takes out your garbage and also signs for packages when you're not home. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy, and apparently he likes hanging out with, what, Shane Goss' bear on vacation? And Claude Giroux! And Claude Giroux! What, does so- he pose as their dads? <laughs> <laughs> I'll Last get you on this year, ride, Shane. Ron served up a shit sandwich to Dean Lombardi in the form of a cavalier and Chen for wheel and a third. Well, this year, Steve Eisenman shat all over our genius GM, pulling off a trade akin to Claude Lemieux's goal on Hextall from the blue line in the 1995 Eastern Conference Finals. My only question, when does the Vanderbilt extension get announced? Tomorrow. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> Definitely this week. You know, it's it's interesting to make that point that like Hextall got robbed in this trade. You could certainly make a case that he did because Tampa did very well in this set of trades. It, it just kind of comes down to whether you think Hextall could have extracted more value from Tampa for taking on Phil Blue. Well, that falls into one of my biggest pet peeves is that there doesn't have to be a winner and a loser in a trade. True, mm. true. Everybody and can win. I fully believe Hextall knew that Strike was getting flipped immediately. Oh, he no, absolutely sure did. He did. I mean, the, the, the condition was conditional yeah. on the, him being traded again. So why do you put that condition in unless you think it's going to happen? Yeah. Do we have any more stuff? We've got one more. One more, okay. Hey guys, not a big fan of the Mark Strite trade. Um, yeah, it was nice to get a couple extra picks, but they're mid to late round picks in a draft that's supposedly not very good. And basically all we did was add another guy who's over 30, going to be taking up a decent chunk of the cap and just blocking one of our young guys from coming up next year and getting valuable experience before we actually turn into a cup contender. So not a big fan. Thanks, guys. There just is nobody. Yeah, that, that that's fair, except for the fact there really aren't any young centers, unless you think Scott Lawton is going to you know miraculously turn to a third line center in the offseason. And that's the exact same issue we have right now is yeah. two fourth lines. This gives you maybe three lines. That's maybe. all I can. That's all I'm looking at right now is maybe they have three lines. Maybe, maybe it could, it could work. That it, it's funny when the best move that you have of the day is like, well, this could work. There, there were no there were no slam dunk yeah this is awesome moves and that's disappointing and that is all the time we have for you on this trade deadline edition of bsh radio uh make sure you rate us on itunes uh big thank you to toxic radio for uh their awesome hospitality tonight and uh hey tomorrow's another day go flyers hello i'm spencer hall from sb nation And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.